You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. Well, today we're talking about abundance. We were recently invited to do a women's conference, weren't we, Bonnie? Mm -hmm. At our church, and uh, this is the topic that we suggested. And it is deep and wide and far-ranging yeah, and is. really challenging to get down into two sessions. So we thought we'd make some podcast episodes about it Yeah, and try to get our focus there you go. Cause on what we want to share. There's some meat in there. We're going off the verse in John 10 um, about an abundant life where Jesus comes and says, in verse 7, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay, that's right. So what's that life Jesus came to give us, Bonnie? Life in its fullest measure. Yeah, and because we are word nerds and love a good word study, we looked up that word um, fullness, and it's an adjective that means all around or excess or more than or beyond what's anticipated, exceeding expectations, going past the expected limit, or all around and equidistant. I love that. <laughs> kind of like a hula hoop is what I imagine. I to love me. that. Like a sphere. So Jesus says, I came in order that they might continuously have life, even that they may continuously have it all around, hmm. to use it a more literal translation. So do we have that? I don't know. I look around. I think some of us have that, and I look around and... I think a lot of Christians just don't. We don't live like we do. I I agree. I, I think that a lot of people are just surviving. Yeah. Um, they're just getting by. Uh, they don't know what abundant life might look life, like, or they don't believe it's for them. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's for the super Christian or the extra special person, but not for them. Right. This is kind of unqualified, what Jesus says in here. Right. He's not saying, by the way, also, work harder. Work harder, do more, try more things, expand your willpower, and, and then I'll give you abundant life. It's just that he's already, he's come to give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. He, that's right. And he says, you know, in this whole passage, a couple of times, like, they know me. I know my sheep and they know me. Mm -hmm. And I lay my life down for the sheep and he's the gate and we can come in and go out and find green pastures when we go out. And I've just been pondering that, like, what's that all about? Right. I think um, there's, like you said, when we look around, there's a lot of us that you just ask, how, well, how are you doing today? Especially, you know, we, you and I talk a lot to young families and young mm -hmm. moms and people in the throes of parenting, in the trenches. And you might ask them how they're doing, and they'll just say, well, I'm kind of in survival mode. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're just meant to survive. 
I don't, I mean, Jesus says he didn't come to say, Hey, I'm the gate. I'm Mm -hmm. giving you this come in and out to the green pastures and I'll get you through the next 24 hours. Right. It doesn't sound the same at all. It doesn't. So, so what did he have in mind? That's what we've been asking ourselves. What did he mean? What does it mean to live abundant life Mm -hmm. in Christ? And you kind of came up with this uh, dichotomy of survival versus revival. I was thinking surviving and thriving, but I really do think that reviving is a better word because we all know, like, sometimes things are hard. Yeah. And we do feel like we're just surviving, but he he doesn't say you'll have abundant life on the other side of that. He just says you have abundant life. I've come that you can have abundant life. Right. So there's abundant life when things are good. There's abundant life when things are hard. There's abundant life when life is falling apart. So what does that look like? Sure. There's, we've never been promised an absence of trials. We've never been promised a rose garden, you know, this Mm -hmm. prosperity gospel idea that as long as we have faith, we're going to have health and wealth and riches and all the things that's, that is never promised in the actual gospels. It's like, yeah, that's so toxic. It's not a great thing to believe. Not a great, that's an understatement. The understatement for the day. That's not a good thing to believe. I think that the reason that, and I'll just speak for myself, in my life, when I felt like I was just surviving, a lot of times it was as the scripture that says, um, my people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, later in John, Jesus says, this is eternal life that they may know me. Mm-hmm. So I was destroyed by lack of knowing Christ and the, all the implications of knowing Christ in my life. And so, um, you know, you'll hear me say again and again, we're body, soul, and spirit. So I'm not just talking about head knowledge here. <laughs> yes. And that was a point that we, you and I were discussing earlier that, you know, there's knowing, there's information and knowing um, and scripture and theology and all of all of the head stuff that you know and then there's another kind of knowing in your gut in your heart in your spirit um there's an experiencing it's kind of the difference between um reading the manual on swimming and jumping in a pool Mm -hmm. it's the difference between reading james dobson your changing body (laughs) And actually going through puberty. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. It's the difference between, you know, watching someone ride a bike, reading about how to ride a bike and jumping on a bike Mm -hmm. and falling over and trying again. Right. Knowing what balance feels like and all the things. It's, Mm -hmm. It's whole body experience. And I don't, I think a lot of times we just get stuck in that very first, um, head experience of, of knowledge as information. Yeah, and and um, Neil Anderson makes a great point. You know, we are given the mind of Christ when when we receive Christ. We're, the Holy Spirit indwells you. You're given the mind of Christ, and yet there's so many scriptures that talk about like a- actively engaging to change the way you think. Mm-hmm. So, like, what up with that, Bonnie? <laughs> <laughs> we don't get a direct download that just changes the way we think. Um, no, I think that's something that that. Comes step by step. Yeah. Baby step by step. Working out your salvation with fear and trembling. So Mm -hmm. it's not that you're not saved. 
as your mind's being transformed. It's just that you are moving more deep in your connection with Christ, more deep in your knowing. Sure. And an understanding. An understanding. So when we have the mind of Christ, and we're given that, then who do we know that we are? Well, I think a lot of us don't know who we are. I think I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of 25-year-old Renee. Right. Okay, you're the same old Renee, but now you got to try a little harder and do a little more and be a little be a little gooder. Yeah. <laughs> Memorize some more verses and that you do want to you do want to know who you are. And so um you do start with God's word. You know, Jesus says, "My sheep know my voice." Mm-hmm. One of the places he speaks is in his word. And so we've got to know who he tells us that we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just go down a little list for you. Yeah. If you'll indulge me. Um, I am accepted. I'm God's child. I'm Christ's friend. I've been justified. I'm united with the Lord and I'm one spirit with him. I've been bought with a price. I belong to God. I'm a member of Christ's body. I am a saint. I have been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. That would take away some worry, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if I knew that one more than I did, uh, more than I do now. I've been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. Lay some other ones on me, Bonnie. I'm free from condemnation. I'm assured that all things work together for good. I'm free from any condemning charges against me. I can't be separated from the love of God. I've been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I'm confident that the good work God has begun in me will be perfected. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm hidden with Christ in God. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and discipline. I can find grace and mercy in time of need. I'm born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. This is just crazy promises. I can find grace and mercy in time of need. How many times of need did I have Right, as a young mom? Did I find the grace and mercy? No. Right. Most of the time, no. It says, it says I can find grace and mercy in time of need. Wow. Um, we are also significant when we're in Christ. I'm the salt and light of the earth. I'm a branch of the true vine. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am a personal witness of Christ. I am God's temple. I am a minister of reconciliation for God. I am God's co-worker. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. I'm God's workmanship. I can approach God with freedom and confidence, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's who we are that when is, we're in Christ. Mm-hmm. That does sound abundant. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think there's anything in there that wasn't covered. Yeah. We, ha- we, we have everything we need for life and godliness, to, to quote a, another verse that I can't remember the reference for. But it's true. We've been supplied everything we need. So the, the question is then, do you believe that? Do I believe it? And am I availing myself of it? Mm-hmm. And again, it comes back to that knowing versus knowing. I think the only way you can know is to have those experiences those chances to know Mm -hmm. so again you know how will I know if I'm going to love my enemy if I don't have any enemies (laughs) who need loving well right are you yeah how do you know you're going to be patient with your husband 
if you don't have any opportunities to exhibit patience. So you're going to you're going to have the opportunities to do it. It's just will you will you claim that? So I think we have a wrong definition of abundance. That's what we're saying. Hmm. We have an, we have um, an American definition of abundance which is lots of stuff. <laughs> abundance, you know, and happiness. Yes. Smooth sailing. Ease. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that is not abundance as described in scripture, which is just a picture of the way the world works, right? Sure. That's what we're saying all the time. And so the abundant life is the life that has all the resources that you need to um, deal with anything that comes your way. Mm -hmm. Grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. There you go. Okay. So why don't we have it? (laughs) I think... (laughs) I think we don't believe it. Okay. We don't claim it. Mm-hmm. We know it, but we don't know it. Right. Um, and then we also maybe are a little sketchy on um, our connection with our father mm. and our ability to know his voice. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about this in terms of an infant. When, mm-hmm. a, when a baby's born, it automatically knows its mother's voice because it's been in her right. Tummy, Mm -hmm. hearing that muffled version, and even the father's voice, Even the father's voice, yeah. Who's been talking to the baby the whole time, and and yet they don't really know their mother and father at that point. Not fully. Not fully. They know their voice. They can, you know, see them up close when they hold, but you grow in this knowledge, and hopefully in this, in the best ways, right? In the most ideal scenarios it's the most beautiful ways Mm -hmm. you just you're the unfolding of the care and the love and the provision sure and you're going from just crying and screaming when you have a need and Mm -hmm. learning that that's going to be met to a way better um deeper more flourishing way of communicating and sharing Mm. in the life of you know co-creating with within a family and and all the things that we do yeah like i'm fine for my five-year-old to Ask me to help them get dressed, but I'm not really fine for my 15 year old mm-hmm. to ask me to help them get dressed because mm-hmm. they've moved beyond that. Right. So there's, we were talking about this earlier. There's beauty in the growth. Yeah. Like we don't shame, you know, I don't, I wouldn't go to Emma and go, well, you couldn't get completely dressed when you were five. <laughs> wow. You were very deficient. Right. <laughs> No, but we, I feel that way about my own life sometimes when I think about the growth I've had and knowing Christ and learning how to live an abundant life in Christ. I think, wow, you really missed it, Renee. Yeah. All the wasted years, all, all the years. things that you, you didn't take advantage of. No. Yeah. No, not at all. No. We're, if we don't give ourselves the grace to grow. How can we ever give anybody else is, the grace to grow? Which goes to the father of lies. The mm-hmm. father of lies is Satan. And anytime we were leaving lies, we're agreeing with the father of lies. And the truth is that we come to Christ as infants. Paul right. calls us that, you know, mm-hmm. tossed about. Mm-hmm. Infants are tossed about. And, and then you become mature and you grow. And so Satan wants to steal our joy in that it, even as we reflect on how we've come on this journey with Christ, he wants to steal that joy. I know it. And say, you didn't know better. You didn't know better than Renee. Too bad for you. You missed it. <laughs> don't give in to that. I am not yeah, going to believe that. I'm don't not, not agreeing with that anymore. So, but it's not, it'd be so easy if it was just Satan with his 
little pitchfork and horns saying all the lies. Mm -hmm. But it's sneakier than that. And there's lots of ways that lies can kind of infiltrate our lives. And there are more ways than we can unpack. But let's talk about a few. Okay. So um, the first one maybe is our companions. Mm-hmm. Um, Three C's, by the way, because we're trying to do alliteration and help you remember. Yeah. So our companions. Think about who um, you're hanging around. <laughs> well, you and I are... I mean, truly blessed to have mm-hmm. a group, a small group of folks that we hang out with that we're pretty honest with. Mm-hmm. Um, We've given each other permission. You explicitly have given us permission. We're sharing. Yeah, on a we're little trip we took. Our real lives. I did. <laughs> I mean, because at some point you just get tired of, I'm tired of wrestling with things by myself. Um, if we're not in community to do this, then what the heck are we in community for? Yeah. So I just said, look, y'all, if you see anything in my life, here's, here is my explicit permission to speak truth to me, to get me back on the path to, I don't know, just be my, not be mm-hmm. my Holy spirit, but mm-hmm. you know, help me out to help you. Don't you just want. let me walk yeah. off the cliff. Yeah. Nodding along. Right. We're not going to be your yes men and women. Right. I love that. It's so, it's so good. So, so yeah. Do you have friends? Who can do that, moms, for you? Are the are your closest companions ones who would correct you in love or just say, hey, have you considered this? Mm-hmm. And are you open to that? Yeah. Or are you the kind of person that shuts, you get criticism and you shut it down and then you're blocked. Yeah. <laughs> Never talking to that person again. Yeah. They were mean. So, you know, certain personalities, the perfectionists in us hate critique even positive critiques I know it makes me cringe because I always want the A plus and mm-hmm. that is just growth limiting behavior yeah, it is so so don't do that if that's your personality just ask Jesus to give you the grace to overcome that and to be secure in his love and you're at the, all those things we just told you who you are in Christ yeah you need to be secure who are reminding that. you of that yeah on a regular regularly basis. and misery loves company so be careful who you're hanging around if you're in a really miserable spot in your life. Exactly. Um, I am not your girl. <laughs> I'll just tell you right now. <laughs> I want friends who are going to lower me through the roof. Mm-hmm. I want friends who are going to worship me out of the grave. Um, so don't pull up a chair to the table until you know who's sitting at that table. If your marriage is in a really tough spot, then don't go hang out with a bunch of other people who mm-hmm. are complaining about their spouses. Yeah. Yeah, when I was really in the throes of learning how to homeschool and it was not going well, it was really, really hard. Um, the people who encouraged me and gave me wisdom were people who were a few years down the road in that journey. I could have e- easily found people who were who had abandoned that um, education choice and they could have probably talked me out of it. Mm-hmm. So you just choose wisely who you let into your life when you're in at those critical moments. And we tell this all the time in our podcast, lay the groundwork for that before you're in the crisis. Right. Like be building those relationships before the crisis comes. Sure. Yeah. Pick, with intentionality. And pick some folks who are just a little bit ahead of you. I think mm-hmm. this is something you and I maybe have um, been learning kind of lately is that we had a great small group when we were raising our kids together. Mm-hmm. The best. You know, six couples of 20 somethings doing it all together, which is what you're supposed to do, right? Live life together. Um, and I think we could have also used 
a couple of voices of wisdom from some folks a little bit further down the line Mm -hmm. who could have really helped us probably in some struggles that folks in our group were having. Yeah. The thing, the things that are inevitably going to happen to people in their twenties and thirties because life. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So if somebody in the group of 20 somethings, you know, loses a parent, there's not a lot of other 20 somethings who know what that feels like or Mm -hmm. how to walk through that. There just aren't by way of experience. So it's really helpful Mm -hmm. to have a, you know, a couple or two of older folks to come on in and say, you know, here's how you go walk that. Here's how you navigate it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the second thief, um, the second way that we lie to ourselves, comparison, women are, I don't know, terrible, wonderfully terrible at this. (laughs) Wonderfully (laughs) terrible. Terribly (laughs) wonderful. I mean, we, because we're collaborative by nature, Mm -hmm. we compare Right. And so again, that's a strength that a lot of women have and it gets turned against us. Right. With these conversations we have in our heads. Yeah, it does. It does. (laughs) And I'm a fan of saying, keep your eyes on your own paper. Mm -hmm. So what she's doing over there, what your sister's over there doing in her marriage has nothing to do with you and yours. You know, what so-and-so over there is doing with her kids really has nothing to do with your kids. Keep your eyes on your own paper. Yeah. Yeah. Because comparison shrinks us. It makes us ashamed of ourselves. It makes us afraid to try. It makes us feel less than. It makes us feel small and uh, fearful and and just uh, really stuck in a bad place. Um, a lot of times you won't even try right. when you see someone you're comparing yourself to someone who's doing something so well. Mm-hmm. There's already somebody else out there doing that yeah. so much better than I can. I better just not even try. And I mean, did you ever think about that when you were writing your book? Uh, absolutely. I, I did. I, somebody asked me the other day, what would you have done earlier? You know, at mm-hmm. 50. And that was one thing I said is I would have started, would have started writing a lot earlier mm-hmm. and I would have gone to counseling <laughs> a lot earlier, <laughs> a lot earlier. Yes. I mean, I thought I felt the same way. Even when I finished, the first version of on gender, um, as soon as I finished it, you know, which is kind of a hard thing if to finish even a short book, but it's kind of a hard thing. <laughs> it's, it's like hard. It's hard. And I, I remember thinking everything in there, someone else has already written about and probably better. Why did you even try? Mm-hmm. Like what in the world? And if you just let that, those thoughts just trail off and don't take them captive in obedience to Christ, like, whoa. You, yeah. get, you get to a real discouraged place, a bad place, not an abundant place. No, not an abundant place. You know, I think it's interesting that Satan is, um, you know, the fallen angel was in charge of worship up in mm. heaven. He was in charge of the music and all of that kind of stuff, the artists. So I think he particularly likes to come down and give this kind of a message to creative types mm. who could make the world a beautiful mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. because he, he can no longer do that. He twisted it so much. So we need to just stop living these small, fearful, what if lives and start living like we know and live with our shepherd. Yeah. And so that means get yourself off social media because I mean, I can just list you study after study. I just started going down that rabbit hole on the internet, the interwebs mm-hmm. and it's terrible. It's, Facebook is bad for you in a particular way. Um, it predicts upward social comparison. 
it negatively influences your self-esteem and well-being over time. Instagram has a direct negative effect on your psychological well-being. It's a strong predictor of social comparison, which is related to the fear of missing out and depressive symptoms through rumination and um, negative self-perceived physical appearance and self-perceived social acceptance. In other words, you don't like how you look. You don't think you're hanging out with the right people. And it helps you spiral right into negative self-talk. Right. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to see one good positive study on social media. Yeah. I, I don't think there is one. No. So if we can just be honest with ourselves and with each other, um, if you're feeling that, if you're feeling small, if you're feeling afraid, if you're feeling shame or afraid to try or any of the things that you don't have what they have and you're less than what they are and you can't keep your eyes on your own paper, try getting off of it yeah. for a couple weeks. Do a fast. See what happens to your perspective and your mood. Yeah. Yeah. And why do we instantly think I should be doing that when we talk to a friend? Like, hey, Bon, I'm... Um, Drinking this new collagen drink in the mornings. It's awesome. My skin's feeling like all fluffed up and <laughs> lovely and my joints are feeling good. I love it. Huh. I'm not drinking collagen. Maybe I should be starting to drink <laughs> collagen. I never even thought of drinking collagen. Yeah, can you get off the floor without using your hands? <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Uncalled for. <laughs> so we do this all the time. You can't yeah. just have a conversation with another woman without going, well, should I be doing that? They're not, yeah, not necessarily out loud, but you're saying it in, in your, your head. head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in your head. Because you want to belong or you want to be part of this group or I don't know. It's another another form, I think, of comparison. Yeah. It's like, a, it's, just let them do them yeah. and you do you. It's collaboration gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, really it, gone wrong. It is. So yeah, again, we'll just say it again. There's so much value in measuring your own growth. Like just reflecting on yourself. Measuring it against yourself. Have I, where am I different in August of 2023 than I am, than I was in August of 2022? Right. Or 21? Would my family say I'm more patient now than I was last year? Yeah. Less angry than I was last year? Show me, Jesus. Where have I grown? Mm Mm-hmm. And then show me where you want to take me next. Exactly. Okay. So another thief of abundance is uh, this area of confession. And in this accompanies two different things, confession and forgiveness, both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it includes vulnerability, humility, mm-hmm. All, mm-hmm. all the scary words, scary, yeah. risky words, all the things that sound so, so good. Like I want to be vulnerable and humble, but I don't actually have to behave that way. I want to like embody those characteristics without ever actually having to be vulnerable <laughs> yeah it turns out those are the things that actually um create connection with other people mm-hmm. and relationship with other people and closeness with other people and we actually a lot of the time think the opposite is true that if we are vulnerable and humble and risk um confession or requesting forgiveness that's going to break all connection yeah yeah and uh, honestly i mean james five sixteen. Confess your sins to one another and you will be healed. Not you may be healed. You will be healed. So why are we not confessing our sins to one another, Bonnie? Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think we're scared of it. I think it's not modeled very often. Yeah. Probably true. Yeah. Um, and we are just scared. We're scared of it because we're scared to be known and seen. Yes. Because we think if somebody really knows me and sees what I've done, yes. if I admit X, Y, Z, yes, they're not going to like me anymore. Totally agree with that. So we, we had Neil Anderson to the school of Christian thought. Um, I guess it was last year, last fall. Mm-hmm. And our small group, this that you mentioned earlier in our talk just now, um, went through this book, went, went, went through his bondage breaker book oh, yeah, in the 90s. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at the very end of the bondage breaker is this, this group of prayers that involve repentance of sin and mm-hmm. renouncing the things you, the lies you've agreed with, and you're replacing that with the truth. And then, you know, receiving healing for all that, blah, blah, blah. And I reached out to Bobby, your husband, and I was like, Hey Bob, did, did we actually like do the prayer thing at the end? Like, I don't remember doing the prayer thing. He's like, well, I did the prayer thing. I don't know about you. <laughs> and I was like, I, I think, I think like 1998 Renee thought just having the information was the same as confessing. Like having information about confessing was the same thing as confessing. So I don't think I did this. Wow, that's interesting. And so I was like, all right, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to, but I don't really want to confess to anybody because that's really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, God, here's the deal. I'm getting Neil Anderson's little workbook thing and I'm going to go through the whole list in my kitchen, just you and me. And, and I'm doing it and God's like, you know what, Renee, you really, this is great and all. And I'm so glad you're confessing to me, <laughs> but you really need to confess to one another. And I want you to, um, invite Bonnie and Dawn and you're going to go do this prayer with them. And I was like, no, um, seriously, like, can't we just finish this up here in the kitchen in a couple hours and be good? And he's like, I mean, it was as clear as day. It was this prompting in my spirit. You call them, you set it up with them. So that's why I invited y'all to come with me to do that session. And I was dreading it. I dreaded it. I just had to box it up, you know, compartmentalize mm-hmm. it. Cause I would just dread the thought of that coming up. And it was a few weeks out. And, um, and so then we went and did it and y'all sat there and you just heard all of my repentance, all my confessions, all the things. And I got to say, I've never felt more loved by the two of y'all than I did that day. Like it, it's God's word is true. Right. People. <laughs> There is nothing like having a mature, loving friend hold your stuff yeah. for you. Like receive it, hear it, and then you all just like release it to Jesus and let him do his thing to cover it. It's so transformational. It's so freeing. It's so healing, as right. James says. Um, and just coming alongside that, too, I think... Um, <laughs> It's sort of tell, I don't know, telltaling, but people hear somebody else say stuff and, and the per- confessor is thinking, oh, they're going to be so shocked by this. They're going to be, mm-hmm. and I mean, most of the time the people hearing it are like, oh yeah, I did that too. You know? <laughs> yeah. And and, yeah. and it's kind of like a waste of all this energy if you've been carrying this for so long yeah. thinking I'm the only one. Yeah. Well, you are nowhere close to the only one, yeah. honey. There's Everybody else new. has done a lot of the same things uh-uh. too. Nothing new under the sun. So, yeah, so that's the confession side. The forgiveness side is, is, 
kind of a flip side of that coin, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So lack of forgiveness is 100% enemy held territory. Unforgiveness is the poison you drink to kill someone else. It's what makes you sick. It's what brings disease on your body. It's what causes inflammation, literal inflammation Mm -hmm. in your body. Mm -hmm. It's, it's even generational. You can have unforgiveness generationally going back generation after generation after Uh, generation yeah causing causing curses on your current family will definitely rob you of an abundant life absolutely so in christ if you want to um you know if you're not going to give up that perfectionism that you have Mm -hmm. well then your kid's going to deal with it if you don't want to give up the lust that you have in your household well then your son's going to deal with it so you can break those generational things by confessing them Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean do the work do Mm -hmm. it sweep your house yes yes oh girl that's a good word let me hand you your pulpit i'm gonna slide (laughs) it on over you just keep going so who do we forgive bonnie yeah um probably a lot of us need to forgive our parents um we need to forgive our spouses we need to forgive our adult children, our teens, our young adults. Um, we need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And I mean, we're not playing around with this stuff because if you're holding on to it, not only is it going to make you sick, mm-hmm. and cause inflammation, but you're in a crisis hostage situation. <laughs> I don't know if you know <laughs> that or not. And you've seen the movies, so you know what the hostage situation feels like, but you're the hostage. Yeah. Yeah. And not only this, you know, we're talking about abundant life. Jesus says, you know, if you don't forgive others, you too will not be forgiven. And one of the things I think he must be meaning of that is that's the central linchpin of the gospel. The gospel is forgiveness. And I think Jesus is saying, like, if you can't let go, if you can't forgive, then you don't really understand what I've done for you. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done for you. And that's the whole point of abundance is knowing Knowing that my sheep know my voice. If you know the gospel in your gut, if you know forgiveness in your gut, you can't help. Mm -hmm. You can't help but go confess to somebody else. You can't help but forgive your family. Once you, once you have crazy family (laughs) confess, that's, that is really the beauty of it. Once you've said it out loud and other people have like, they've, they've had it hit on them. You, you, there's something about saying it out loud, Bonnie. I don't, I don't know what to, I don't know anything else to say. Mm-hmm. We like to sit in our chairs and pray in our heads all by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we wonder why we're not healed. Yeah. Ooh. It's helpful. It's helpful. I'm going to give a plug for a freedom prayer. Yeah. As well. Because it, if you have not ever experienced that, it's a very private, confidential, small, possibly anonymous mm-hmm. group that you could go to mm-hmm. and experience that. Yeah, and there is this thing, this beautiful thing called spiritual amnesia that God gives you a lot of times when you sit with someone, you know, you really actually, you remember everything you confessed. Uh, you know, I cannot tell you one thing that you confessed that day. Yeah, isn't that funny? And that's Nor same, do I care. And same thing for me. Like when I've heard other people, so I'm like, I don't even remember. I had a friend actually ask me, we, we did prayer together, freedom prayer. And she's like, so do you think less of me? I'm like, think less of you. I can't remember all the things you said. <laughs> like the only thing I remember from that is the Jesus encounter at the end. Uh, I have a, that's it. I have a, I have a emblazoned in my brain picture of you and Jesus together. Yeah. 
Yeah. Isn't that cool? Isn't that beautiful? That God does that for you. Yeah, but That's Satan wants to tell you like, no, 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 they're never, they're going to think less of you. Don't do that. You'll never, you, oh, th- there's no turning back yep. once that's out. Lies. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just want to ask, just put it out there into our listener world. How many of you have parents who have asked you for forgiveness? I, I bet there's just a handful. And how many of you have asked your children for forgiveness? Like, what would it have felt like if your mom or your dad or that person you just are just holding on to actually came to you and asked for forgiveness? What would Mm -hmm. that have felt like? Don't you want to pass that on? Yeah. Yeah. So, moms, who holds an emotional charge for you? What What do we mean by emotional charge, Bonnie? Oh, if you just say, um, <laughs> just the name. say the name of somebody. Yeah. If I say <laughs> Renee Sproles and inside your gut, it goes, Oh, ah, some, something about Renee is still getting to you. Mm-hmm. Um, little zing inside your gut. Then there's probably something you need to forgive there. Mm-hmm. That's you know? it. That's it. And, you know, for those of you who've done the work, I still ask because you may be thinking, hey, I've done the work. Oh, I've yeah. forgiven my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I've forgiven my husband who left us or whatever. I did that when I did this little thing with you guys, prayer session. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've already forgiven like the big stuff. And I was like, all right, God, you got anything else for me? I had a pen and a blank little piece of paper. And the it was like a running list <laughs> of names. But it was just little small things. Sure. So um, is it is it more difficult to carry one five pound rock or 100 little teeny rocks that weigh five pounds altogether. You're still carrying that burden. Mm-hmm. Lay it down, lay it down. So I just want to say all of us probably have people we need to forgive because oh, life does life too. So let's do it. Let's just ask. Okay. All right, God, will you show those who are listening right now, that person that they need to forgive or the person they need to ask forgiveness from Mm -hmm. that's a question he wants to answer bring some of those names to mind and give them the courage to move out into those green pastures i mean jesus promises it he says you will go out and find green pastures yep abundance and freedom because he's with us making the pastures green it's not because every pasture is already green when we get there no it's dirt sometimes (sighs) and rock yeah you will go out and find green pastures because and we'll do it together. Mm-hmm. I'm not just Jesus. sending you out there alone. We're doing it together. Mm-hmm. Abundance follows that 100%. That's God's economy. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful economy. So good. I want to be part of it. Awesome. Um, so if you're interested in more abundance, mm-hmm. check out our resources on our website at justaskyourmom.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram and take five seconds to rate and review the podcast. Share us with your friends and family. We would love that. And send us your topic suggestions. Send them. Please send them. We came up with this one and it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I like it better when y'all send us stuff. (laughs) Just ask your mom podcast at gmail.com. And we will see you next time on just Just ask Ask your mom. mom.